You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time. It's time. Time to get in the zone. Time to get in the zone. With the 49ers web zone. This is the No Huddle Podcast with Al, Zane, and Brian. What is up, 49ers faithful? We are back with another episode of the 49ers web zone No Huddle Podcast on the Odyssey Network. And we have got a special treat for you today. We've got a guest host with me today. Al and Brian are on vacation, so we got a guest host, Rohan Chakravarti, man, from 49ers Web Zone. Bro, like, it's it's awesome to have you on. You and I have been talking for a while about this, and, and it's finally great to get you on here, man. Thanks so much for jumping on with me today. Yeah, no, thank you guys for having me on. Obviously, no huddle, the, the staple of the 49ers Web Zone platform. So glad to be on, glad to be a guest, and uh, glad to share the platform with you today. Awesome, man. And, you know, before we start here, um, can you kind of give us a little bit of background on like how you got into this and like the web zone and stuff? We know this, uh, you know, Al, Brian and I know this already, but for our listeners who may not know this, um, you kind of just give a rundown of like how you got into it and like, you know, what you're doing now with uh, the, the Badgers and all that stuff as well. Yeah, no. So I started as a writer uh, for 49ers web zone in 2021 just after the season ended uh the 20 uh when the 49ers were looking to select Trey Lance that's when I started um grew a little bit over the summer uh obviously attended training camp this past year done a done a lot of things attended some 49ers events uh covering the 49ers for the web zone so that's what I do that's kind of my main uh job journalist there but Overall, uh, yeah, cover the 49ers, host my own podcast with Marco Martinez, the 49ers Red Zone podcast. So for those of you guys that don't know, just search up my name on YouTube. You'll find it there. And the other thing, I attend school in Wisconsin, so I cover the Wisconsin Badgers as well. Currently am the site manager at Wisconsin's SB Nation site, Bucky's Fifth Quarter. That's awesome. I see you uh, posting stuff about the Badgers like every weekend. It's nice because – we get the the full sort of spectrum from you, right? On Saturdays, we get like the bad stuff, yeah. stuff, and then on Sundays, we get the Niners stuff. So, if y'all haven't uh, followed Rohan already, you get, you guys definitely need to do that. It's it's a great follow. You break down film as well, which we have talked about too in the past, and I think that we'll get into that in a little bit. But um, I think that you've been doing a lot of great stuff for the Web Zone and for the Badgers as well. So happy to see your success, man. I mean, like you know, from seeing you jump on the scene last year to to now and and doing the stuff that you've done to branch out, it's been super awesome to see. So um, really happy for where where you're going and and really excited for what's to come. So 
Um, really appreciate it, man. Yeah, obviously you've been in this uh, on the platform, one of the first podcasts out there. So appreciate the kind words from you. Absolutely, man. So, so as we shift kind of uh, from our love fest here to uh, the love fest for the 49ers, man, and eight straight wins, we didn't get a chance to break down the uh, commanders win due to, to the Christmas holiday. Hope everybody had a safe and, and fun uh, and happy Christmas holiday. But uh, the 49ers racked up another win and an impressive win against the best defense that they arguably have faced to date uh, with that Washington commanders defense, specifically that defensive line. And Brock Purdy passed another test. It's another notch in his belt. And uh, if you, for those of you who are watching on the on the uh, stream, I'm wearing the Brock Purdy T-shirt, um, <laughs> coined by the captain of the Brock Purdy hype train himself, Brian Rennick, who uh, who is selling these, by the way. So contact Brian Rennick uh, if you want one of these. But it's another kind of test that Brock Purdy has passed. And when you have a rookie quarterback, and especially a guy who's who's like Brock Purdy at the end of the draft, you you have these incremental sort of like challenges that you wanted to pass and this was another one right and we're not expecting him to be a superstar we're just hoping that he he is able to get through these small little tests and how do you think he did against that Washington defense like what what was your overall impression of him yeah I mean Brock Purdy obviously has flashed in his few games that's why there's a hype around him that's why you've got that t-shirt on you right now. It's because there's been that hype train about Brock Purdy. And I think this is, like you said, another test that he passed. Now, every every time Brock Purdy's entered the field, it's not just been ups, right? There has been ups and downs. You have to recognize both sides, but you also have to understand that he's a rookie quarterback. This is his first NFL playing action and understand the importance of what he's been able to do. Once again, Brock Purdy had a pretty solid performance, 15 to 22 passing, 234 yards through the two touchdowns. The biggest thing, I guess the two biggest things, number one, the 49ers offense is set up so that Kyle Shanahan's can scheme open receivers and quarterbacks. The reason that other uh, NFL analysts say that this is one of the easier quarterback jobs is because your job is to hit open receivers, have the aggressiveness, let it rip. And that's something Purdy hasn't been afraid to do. He's let it rip. The one that you saw to George Kittle, that Raider in the cloud could have caught. There's been times where you question whether 49ers quarterbacks would have that uh, uh, the chance or really the willingness to throw that football. That's the difference when you have Brock Purdy. He's a guy who lets it rip. Perhaps it's the rookie mentality in, in him. Perhaps it's the lack of NFL experience. But to, so far, it's benefiting the 49ers. Now, his turnover-worthy plays are pretty high at, at this moment. He, he is a guy who has gotten lucky with some dropped interceptions, but when you see the aggressiveness at the moment, when you look at pure statistics, it seems like it's benefiting the 49ers. And the second part, you've got to talk about the athleticism, especially against strong defensive lines like the Washington Commanders. You're going to need to be able to evade the pocket. He doesn't have supreme athleticism. He's not a running quarterback or guy who can necessarily punish teams with his legs, but he's got just enough to create off-schedule plays, and that's another value that the 49ers offense hasn't necessarily had since Jimmy Garoppolo tore his ACL in 2018. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Yeah, I think one of the most impressive plays from Brock Purdy in that game was actually an incompletion. And I think that the one that, that you'll probably think about as well is 
uh, it was a play where they had a free rusher off the edge. It was a blitz. And there was a, I think it was a corner blitz, a slot corner, I believe came. And uh, it, he had a, he had pretty dead rights and he spun out of it a couple times and, and kind of maneuvered towards the sideline and threw it away. And it was just like, you, you just don't see that out of 49ers quarterbacks, right? right? At yeah. least under Kyle Shanahan, you just haven't seen that. And I think that that was really what was missing. And one of the things that that I look at with the interception worthy plays that you kind of brought up, and in, in my opinion, I think that it is it is an important stat, but it's in a way it's kind of misleading because it's a function of Kyle Shanahan's offense because of the way that it's designed. There's always like you're going to be throwing into traffic, right? You're going to be throwing into tight windows, and I think that that's where you know that's where Jimmy had thrived, where he was able to throw it into those tight windows. But that's also one of the drawbacks too, is that you have to have a guy that's that's willing to let it rip into those tight windows. And Jimmy wasn't able to, to do that the entire time. Like he would, he would hold back. Right. He would throw behind receivers. He would throw it, he would throw it to the defenders. Like it just like, I feel like, and I, and I think that I'm not alone in saying this, and this is not a slight towards Jimmy or anything like that, but I feel like this offense, at least for this year has not looked as good as it has, uh, as, as it has under Brock Purdy. Like it didn't look like this when Jimmy was playing. It looked disconnected. It, they they often had times moving the ball. It didn't. It looked disjointed, especially after McCaffrey came. And and we were just wondering, like, you know, when is this offense going to wake up? And I feel like injecting a new sort of, I guess, ignorant or inexperienced quarterback into the fray like that that has kind of helped them because he doesn't he doesn't know enough to have bad habits. He doesn't know enough to. He's never played in Seattle, for example, right? Like we talked about right. this a couple of weeks ago. Like he doesn't know what it's like to fail up there because he's never played up there. Right. Mm -hmm. So he's just, he's just a young guy that's just going in for the first time, seeing the stuff for the first time and ignorance is bliss. Right. So a lot of what we're seeing here, both the good and the bad, like the turnover worthy plays and also all the, the splash plays that he's making. It's a result of just kind of letting it, letting it go, letting him play. And I feel like Kyle, this is the first time Kyle's had this much confidence in the quarterback since he's been here. I, I don't know. Do you feel the same way? I would say that it's similar. I think so. I, I, I'll say yes, but I'll also give a little bit of pushback. I think the way that the way the way I identify confidence is the way that Kyle Shanahan play calls on or like on regular downs. And I don't know if the play calling has necessarily changed as much. The difference to me has been Purdy has been hitting the throws that Shanahan wants. And a lot of people might say that that's a power dynamic with Shanahan. Maybe he shouldn't just want one throw. But to me, the reason he wants that throw is because on film, that throw is repeatedly open if you throw it and let it rip. And Purdy is willing to do that. And maybe that has opened up a little more for Brock Purdy, which is where I think the confidence has increased. And maybe it also increases the aggressiveness that you might see on from fourth downs. We've seen Kyle Shanahan now go forward on a couple of fourth downs. Obviously, he still has some conservativeness, but he's got forward on a couple of fourth downs, albeit that's where I'll criticize him the most because I think his play calling has been worse on fourth downs. But you can see a increased level of confidence. I just think that it still stems from the same play calling that he had with Jimmy Garoppolo. It's just you might be seeing different results on a certain level of plays, especially on deeper passes. Right, because as as we know, Kyle kind of calls pass plays in like levels. There's a short, medium, and deep, and a deep. And Jimmy would most likely, most of the time, focus on the short or medium and Right. We see Brock Purdy now focusing on that third level that we we usually haven't seen before. And and again, like it, it's it's kind of interesting because Jimmy was having his best year yet as a pro until he got hurt. Mm -hmm. And a lot of those habits that he had in the past, they, they were kind of breaking, he was throwing the ball away, but and and he was hitting he was hitting checkdowns and things like that when things weren't open. But I think that 
now you add that mobility, like we said, that, that Purdy has to be able to get out of the pocket. Like the touchdown, the second touchdown to Kittle, where it was just like a simple, it was a naked bootleg across against the grain. And he was able to hit Kittle along the sideline for a first down and basically get it into his hands. And, and Kittle did the rest. Like you just didn't see that before. And I think that right. there's those little, little small nuances that may be different with the play calling. But like you're saying, like the, the, the bones are there, right? It's the same playbook that they're running. You can't, you can't install a new playbook at this point of the season for a quarterback who hasn't had any first team reps, right? It's just not Correct. possible. Yeah. So they're running with the same playbook. It's just a matter of him being able to hit those different looks. So I'm, I'm, I'm in total agreement with that. And I think that that's a very fair and valid point. Yeah, no, definitely. And it, you got to give credit to Purdy, right? The thing that I've said about Brock Purdy, it, look, those looks that he's been getting, he's been getting open receivers. That's not, I, but I can't slight Purdy for him being able to throw to open receivers. I don't think that that's mm-hmm. something that you can really say is his fault. And also in the past, we've seen how 49er fans have complained because quarterbacks can't hit open receivers. Purdy is currently doing that at a high level. I haven't seen many errant throws on open plays. Uh, and that's a testament to him understanding his incapabilities, but also a testament for his poise. That's a word that you'll hear a lot with Purdy, his poise. You talked about that free rusher play. That's straight up poise. You need to be able to understand you might be you might be taking a huge hit, but you mm-hmm. also got to understand your awareness, the situational awareness. That's something he's really good at with pocket presence, being able to evade that play, and then even trying to make a play out of it after that. There's certain things about Purdy that you have to you have to tip your cap uh, tip your cap to even if you don't want to. Yeah, and I, and I feel like the uh, obviously he had that interception that was not his fault. Juwan Jennings batted it yeah. right to, right to the defender, and that drives me crazy because the drop rate has been pretty high for the the 49ers receivers. Although of late it's been much better during the win streak, but before that it was it was amongst the the yeah it was high so it was it was not good. But that being said, like he he's still putting the ball where it needs to be where it needs to be and. I think that when you have it, uh, and I've said this for weeks now, when you have a hot team, a good defense and a hot quarterback, it's really hard to beat come playoff time. So I'm hoping that they can kind of continue this. They, they initially, the, you know, there was that long play to Ray Ray, which was fantastic. I think that he, he played the Debo role perfectly on yeah. that, on the, on his long touchdown run. Aside from that, in the first half, they had the first drive where they, they kind of fizzled out on fourth down, but they were kind of struggling a little bit and we, we hadn't seen that a lot from them, you know, in the first half of this winning streak. And it was that Washington defensive line that was kind of winning the battle up front. The Niners were not able to run the ball well in the first half. They were not able to really get into a rhythm. Do you kind of see teams copying this uh, blueprint of trying to shut down the run, stack the box and make Brock Purdy beat them going into the playoffs? I think so. And the reason that I think that this could be a potential reason for concern is in the playoffs, when you look at the teams the 49ers are going to face, specifically later on, all the teams have really good defensive lines, top-level defensive lines. The Eagles might have the best, if not for the 49ers. They might have the best or second-best defensive line in the NFL, With especially after adding Robert Quinn. Cowboys have probably the second, the runner-up right now for Defensive Player of the Year in Micah Parsons. They've also got some key rotational pieces. Demarcus Lawrence is still there. Dorrance Armstrong has nearly 10 sacks on the year, I believe. They've got good pieces there. And Minnesota has a strong defensive line, too. Zadarius Smith has had a resurgence there. You've got two strong defensive tackles in, I believe, Michael Pierce and Dalvin Tomlinson. You've, you've still got pieces there in Danielle Hunter. 
it's three good defensive lines, and that's just the top three seeds. The other teams as well have good defensive lines. Now, the 49ers haven't necessarily faced very many strong defensive lines this year. When you look at it, the New Orleans Saints could be a team you consider. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs earlier in the year, and then this uh, the last in the last few games, it was the Miami Dolphins who had a strong defensive line, and now uh, this team here with a strong defensive line. In those games, apart from the Dolphins game, the 49ers haven't run the football that well. That's that's something that you know. The 49ers haven't run the football that well, and sometimes that's left to offensive miscues. In this game, the 49ers scored 17 of their 37 points off of uh, off of better, just good field position because the defense got uh, turnovers or turnover on downs or something, and it ended up being good field position, be your defense or special teams. And so that's where I'm going to uh, have a cause for concern potentially in the playoffs. When teams have strong defensive lines, because our offensive line has sometimes had an inability to move the uh, the line of scrimmage, how are the 49ers going to combat that offensively to score enough to keep with other teams? Their defense can hold them, but are they going to have enough offense? That's my main question, and that's something good that you brought up there. Yeah, I think that they're starting to get into a rhythm with getting George Kittle involved as well. The first half of the season, it was just he was just not getting the ball at all. And I think that you can even argue, even during the win streak, He's only had, I believe, um, counting here, he's only had uh, one, two, three games where he's had over 80 yards receiving. So it's been a, you know, he has 713 yards on the on the year, and, um, you know, he has the eight touchdowns. But it's it's almost like it's kind of a footnote just because he hasn't had those monster games besides the, the, the last Washington one. It was his first uh, it was his first 100-yard game of the season, and he had the two touchdowns. So I think that they may be starting to involve him more, and – I think that once you see George Kittle get involved more, the offense will go with with that as well because he he yeah. brings so much as a receiver, especially with the ball in his hands after the catch. So it's going to be something interesting to watch uh, getting him involved. And I, I do have to ask you, like you know, seeing on film, has there what what has the change been to get him more involved the last couple of weeks, specifically against Seattle and and Washington? Yeah, no, I mean in a way. It's a wake up for Kyle Shanahan to get George Kittle involved because of the injury to Debo Samuel. When you talk about it, two weeks ago, I believe, um, in the in the Seattle game, yeah, two weeks ago, I thought the 49ers receivers arguably had their worst game of the year. Uh, I think the leading receiver in that game, apart from Kittle, was only 33 yards for Jawan Jennings. There were a couple mm -hmm. of drops. Receivers just weren't necessarily getting as open. And so what does that mean? You've got to find a way to get the ball to your best player. The Seahawks defense, not necessarily the strongest. They had Quandre Diggs, obviously, at safety, uh, but not necessarily the strongest over the middle of the field in terms of coverage. That was a benefit for George Kittle, and it was also just the attention that they put towards Christian McCaffrey. I think Christian McCaffrey has really helped unlock other players in this offense, like Brandon Ayuk, like George Kittle. Why? Because when you look at the certain plays, specifically the touchdown that George Kittle had against the Seahawks, what is the concept? They're running McCaffrey and Kittle to the same side. That forces the defense to either account for one player or both. Uh, and really, most most teams will look for the first player that's getting open. McCaffrey mm -hmm. is normally that guy running out of the flat. Defen uh, defenders like uh, uh, barge up on him, leaving favorable matchups or open matchups for George Kittle. I think that the McCaffrey has really opened up this offense. We can talk about that in a little bit to him specifically, but 
as for the last two weeks, I think that that's been a huge reason why the 49ers have uh, had more success because Christian McCaffrey, his, uh, his presence has commanded a lot of defenders and that has helped the offense. That's why despite him having only 12 receiving yards in this past game, he still had a big impact. I believe in the Seattle game, he had only 30 receiving yards on six catches, but you understand that his impact is much more than what the stats indicate when you look at the film and see how much attention he attracts. I think that's a really good point. And I think that it's more so as they kind of get down to the wire, it's more so being able to have that outlet if they choose to have it, because there were several plays where over the last two weeks where there were just a little dump offs and McCaffrey either got a first down or got close to a first down. And they've really kind of taken advantage of that, that his ability to be able to catch the ball out of the backfield. It's something that we've never seen for Kyle Shanahan, at least here uh, with the 49ers. So it's added that, that different dimension. And you mentioned the receivers. So the emergence of Brandon Ayuk has been something that's been really, really nice to see this year. I think we all remember him being in the doghouse a couple of years ago and uh, in the 2020 season and Kyle kind of getting on him and, and Ayuk not really getting the ball. And ever since then, he's been he's kind of turned into a different player. He's had a different mentality. He He's an aggressive blocker in the running game now. He's regularly like flattening cornerbacks. He mixes it up with guys. He's on pace for a thousand yards. So he's got just over 850 yards. So he's got 855 yards uh, this season. So he would have his first thousand yard, first career thousand yard season with 150 yards in the last two games, which I think that I hope that he should be able to get, depending on what happens with the offense and and the the opponents and what Kyle wants to do with resting the team. So I think that with with Debo being gone, you're seeing different guys step up and guys that we expected to step up, like Ayuk, like Kittle, like McCaffrey. And it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see how they reintegrate Debo as he gets back. As of the recording today, I believe he's he's practicing today. Um, so he is well on his way to returning for the playoffs, but it'll be interesting to see how they, how they distribute the ball. I mean, it's only one ball, right. And they have to be able to get that ball to all their players. It'll be a fun challenge. It'll be fun to see. But I think that now when they acquired McCaffrey, now we're seeing that like Kyle Shannon offense, where we all talked about like, oh man, it's going to be super hard to stop. Who's going to get the ball. Who's going to be the one that beats you. It's, it's now finally coming into form. So 